0: Welcome to The Healthy Beast. We've been talking about how to make the perfect cup of tea, which is quite frivolous, but Jordan Wiley, welcome. Thank you. So we were talking about more serious things before. I've just got through reading your book, Running For My Life, Jordan Wiley. Really enjoyed the book. It's a, it's a great book. There's so much in it. So for people that haven't read it, so you were a soldier, then you worked in private security in some of the most dangerous parts of the world, Somali pirates, all that sort of thing. But really the book is about struggles with mental health. And one of the things that stuck out in the book to me was one point where you said you were in a firefight in Iraq. This must have been when you were still a kid. You were in a firefight in Iraq and 16 hours later you were in a nightclub in Blackburn. And that one thing from the book stood out as maybe an example of where we might be going wrong. Yeah, 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 really interesting. And,
1: yeah, that was obviously when I was a young soldier, so probably 2005, so, yeah, probably probably nearly 15 years ago and and that's something that still happens today whether whether we like it or not or whatever we think about it and and probably not that I've been diagnosed with with post traumatic stress disorder but i think that aspect of sort of decompressing when you come out of a conflict zone is quite critical um in terms of mental health because as it said yeah i you know i've been fighting with a engaging with an enemy in iraq and then you know less than 24 hours i'm i'm back home in in lancashire i'm on a dance floor necking shots and doing beers with a ma- with my mates and and uh, you know and, and and there's there's no middle ground in there which is quite a grey area uh, considering the the sort of state of mind that you was in you know 24 hours earlier where you're putting a magazine on a weapon and you're shooting at someone or somebody uh, is shooting at you or you may have lost friends colleagues um, and then to go from being that into, uh, you know, back into civilian life is 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 quite a challenge, and and probably even more so when people have done that for full careers of twenty two years, and then they're pulled out of that and just sort of pushed back into society, and they've never, although they're you know they're great at all the skills of soldiering and and, 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 and traveling around the world, you know, a lot of these people um, have have never really paid a bill, you know, they've they've they they've never had to deal with things like council tax, banking get going shopping in the supermarket which sounds crazy because the army does all that for you you know you, you join the army at 16 years old and you know, you, you're you a kid really aren't you at 16 and then you leave at 40 years old if you've done a full career you've served in places like Iraq, Afghanistan, Kosovo, Bosnia, Northern Ireland wherever it might be you, you, you know you've been fighting all your life and then go on you, you, you're back in society now. Uh, and you and, and, and there's, there's been no real middle ground cuz you've you've not that you've had everything done for you but in terms of of, of social living you know it's you, you typically live in a barracks um you know as long as you turn up on time wearing the right uniform with a clean shave
0: you you don't go far wrong in the military and did you when you were still a kid living that life did you think it was did you were you aware of there being any damage to to your no, no, not at all. I think, um, you know, it's, it's an
1: expression that we use a lot these days, but it is what it is and you just take it take it for what it is. You know, you'd, I certainly never stopped as that young 19, 20-year-old and went, bloody hell, I was in Iraq yesterday and now I'm I'm, I'm on the lashing Blackpool with the lads. Uh, you, you, you don't process that, you just get on with it. And and I think that's not just um, true of a soldier or, or somebody who's been in combat. I think that is true with most people in, in life, you know, people have challenges, people have problems and they just get on with it they, they and this is one of the big issues at the moment I think because what we need to be doing is stopping uh, processing what's gone on in our life and that, and that, as I say that doesn't have to be fighting with an enemy as a soldier, that could be a bereavement in the family, it might be that somebody's just lost their job um, or, or, or it could be somebody having you know, it could be something as simple as a child who's struggling at school with an exam that's coming up, um, you know, we, we have to process these things psychologically to help us understand, to help us grow and develop as people
0: and um, uh, you know being a soldier was just one aspect of that Cause there, there are bits in the book where you're talking about PTSD and you particularly don't like the D at the end because post-traumatic stress disorder you were saying you don't think it's a disorder because it's I think as you put it it's a normal reaction to abnormal Yeah circumstances, pressure, circumstances. Yeah.
1: yeah I think you know I, I, I have a bit of a bee in my bonnet about it and, and again I highlight that I, I've not contrary to what doctors and medical professionals tried to sort of pigeonhole me with which was the post-traumatic stress disorder Um, I I stand by and I've never been diagnosed officially with with any sort of PTSD Um, but I I, I certainly know lots of people and lots of friends who have a very complex uh, PTSD but yeah I think it's a very normal reaction to an abnormal set of circumstances if you're you know if if you've just put friends in body bags who you was you know chatting like we, we are now 10 minutes earlier um, and they've been blown up, and you know, or maybe they've lost limbs or arms or legs, or maybe they've just been traumatised, and there is no sort of uh, visual injuries externally. Um, you know, it is pretty traumatic to be to be in an explosion where where people lose their lives, or, or your vehicle get blown up, or whatever it might be, and. For you to to, to, to process that is, is not normal. That's not something that happens in any aspect of life. And 99.9% of, of people in the world will never experience that that element of trauma. So for, for, for us to say, oh, he's he or she's got a disorder now, um, I, I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's helpful either because when they leave service and they go to try and integrate back into civilian life, it makes it really difficult when it comes to things like getting a job because you're often, or these people are often seen as damaged goods. Now, you know, oh, they're dangerous. They're damaged. We know we, we 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 need to be careful what we do with this person. Well, you know, maybe they are damaged, but they're not damaged in a way that that makes them, you know, uh, that they should be treated in a in a negative way or perceived in a negative way. These are heroes who've served the country. Ultimately, we should be doing our best to look after them, to helping them, um, you know, reintegrate into society and, and transition from military life. In my
0: opinion, anyway. I suppose it's a difficult one isn't it you want the you want the um the whatever you call it whether you call it a di- disorder or not you want it to be taken seriously yeah. well that's the
1: other side is you 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 may need uh, a- a- extremely important help so giving it the disorder coin makes it sort of a, a, i guess a medical Condition that needs treatment, and so it is a double-edged sword. And I do get that, you know, by saying it's a disorder or diagnosing it as some form of disorder means that you can access medical care and attention, uh prescription drugs, or, or counselling, or therapy, or whatever it might be. Uh, so, so, so I think you know there is there is no very clear right or wrong answer to this. It, it just needs to be managed in a in in a better way. I think.
0: And you write you write very honestly in the book about your own problems, and it's it's a your personal life as well as professional you know as you say they're not you're not saying it's just coming from what you what you experienced in the war but you know you had your own problems like your relationship broke down and yeah, so yeah. forth and by this stage you you'd left the army right but you left because of physical injuries for because of a bad back yes um yeah for me it wasn't you know
1: although i experienced traumatic things if you like uh, you know from from seeing death and destruction and and seeing bad things happen on 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 combat operations it was it was never really that that that, that affected my mental health um you know we we have to understand that we're all wired very differently And that's something again. I've come to learn a lot more clearer as I as I've matured and grown up. You know what what one person sees um, may may affect them in a very different way, even though they've experienced the same thing. And that's the same in all aspects of life. We can, you know, me and you can look at the same situation but take different things from it. And for me, it was never about the bombs or the bullets. I think the only thing that really affected me um, in terms of psychologically what I experienced in combat was seeing the children. Uh, injured, and that's why I spend a lot of time trying to help uh, children both overseas and in the UK today because I think children are the ultimate victims of war. You know, they are tragic victims of circumstance, they find themselves in these situations. Um, you know I I was in Syria last year um, doing some work only for a few weeks and I met a a young sort of seven or eight year old boy and a a rocket sort of went off in the background you know and me being sort of ex-military straight away I'm on the deck I'm looking for cover uh, and and this uh, little boy he didn't even flinch and I I found that on reflection sort of uh, a few hours later I was talking to my local guide sort of fixer interpreter and I said how come he wasn't bothered by it and he said because that's all he's known you know he's he's had 7 years of that he he's sort of acclimatized accustomed to it that is his his normality uh, and i just thought you know what what a world we live in where bombs and bullets going off around you doesn't even make you flinch because that is your normal um, and it just I don't know. It makes me appreciate uh, life and the life that I have. Um, not that I, you know, not that I have, have, have a really glamorous or I'm very wealthy or anything. But I'm, I, it, it, when you've travelled the world and you've seen a lot of the hardships, uh, especially that children have in places like Iraq, Afghanistan, uh, Yemen, Syria, Libya, Somalia, wherever it might be, you know, you, you realise that actually we have it pretty good compared to a large proportion of the world. Uh, even though we have our own challenges, um, you know, it's it's all relative, I guess. Um, but I think when you have been there firsthand and seen it, you, 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 you're almost, I don't know, compelled. You want to do something. Uh, and I, I believe that everyone can make a difference in the world. And we, we I, I find we live in a society where we're always saying, well, someone else will worry about that. You know, someone else will deal with that problem. But actually, you know, we have to take responsibility and accountability for some of these problems and and try and help if we can. And, uh, you know, I take my role uh, in that very, very seriously. And and actually it's as it's as fulfilling for me and and helps me with my own mental health, knowing that I'm I have some purpose in this world to try and help these people or help give back. That helps me as much as I think it's helping them, Um, because when you leave the armed forces, certainly, you you know, when you give in that uniform and your your rank slide or wherever it might be. I, I felt that like I lost a big sense of purpose about what, I, what my role was in this world. Um, you know, I'm, and I'm my, you know one of my favourite days of the year now is still Remembrance Day because it's the only day really that I get to put on my medals, my beret, my regimental tie, and go march with all my old colleagues. And and I, and I guess I, that's so important to me uh, because um it, it means so much to so many and it's my uh, you know it's, it was a real important aspect of my life where when you're in the military and you have to polish your medals you see it as a bit of an inconvenience because you do it every day Ugh. um but actually now it's it's one of the proudest
0: days in in in, in my year well, no one, well no one can accuse you of not stepping up because for those who haven't read running my life running for my life excuse me um you've gone back to dangerous parts of the world well basically three in three waves if i could explain it like that that One, first in the military, then in private security. And then in the thing that this book's really about, this is going back to the most dangerous parts of the world and running. So half marathons, even a marathon, just going and putting yourself through... Well, running's hard enough, but running through Somalia, Iraq, some of the most dangerous parts of the world, I mean... In the, one of the things that strikes me in the book is all the people trying to talk you out of doing it. <laughs> so there's one of the one of the running themes seems to be oh don't don't do it, don't do it Jordan don't do, oh and of course I, I can't say this while I'm still laughing but you, maybe you'll understand you um gets diagnosed with epilepsy at one stage during this so another reason to not do it so Jordan please don't do it how 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 many times did you hear this ringing in your ears and did you think maybe you should Yeah, listen? I guess
1: you know, it's for me it was it was some people said when I started the project well this is a bit reckless I think, you know, you're you're also a very high profile target for people like um you know, Al Qaeda or the Taliban. You're a former British soldier going back to 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 places that British troops have served in and and you know, some Depending on where you sit in the world, um, you know you'll meet people who say that British British troops shouldn't have been in those countries, and they they were responsible for many deaths and and and, and part of the destruction. Some people might argue, um, you know, the, the 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 old weapons of mass destruction in Iraq that, that that never were, and and these sort of issues, you know, and these were were conversations that I had along the way uh, with local people often. Um, but what what I did find in all, all three of these countries was as much as everyone in the UK was telling me how bad they were, how dangerous they were and actually if you switch on any mainstream media channel they would also tell you how bad and, and, and how negative uh, some of these countries are but I can promise you first hand from going there living and breathing with the population of these countries that I saw, hand on heart I saw more acts of kindness and humanity in all three of those countries than I've ever seen in the United Kingdom You know, 99.9% of the world are good people and they all want the same as us and what we have is this this media sort of narrative, this influence that tells us what's good and what's bad. And that's the way we must live our lives. You know, I, 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 if you do a quick Google on the Foreign and Commonwealth Office website, it will say that if you're in most of these countries, you need to get out quite quickly and you shouldn't visit them for any other reason than than sort of emergency, you know, whatever it is. Um, but part of the story for me was about challenging Western perceptions of these countries Um the countries that I know very well because I've worked in them previously so I was under, under no illusion about the risks the dangers um, and you know I, I in, in my studies although I left school with no qualifications I went back uh, to education later in life and I I did a foundation a bachelor's and a master's degree in risk management so I, I know how to manage risk and I understand risk so for me it was never reckless it was just extreme risk management it was it was complex in many ways but Uh, You know, if they weren't called Iraq and Afghanistan and Somalia, some of the parts of these countries that I went to would be number one hotspots in in the tourism world because the natural beauty of some of these countries that will never be seen on the news was just magnificent. And hopefully I captured some of that in in, in the story and in the book. But I I met incredible people. I visited incredible places. And the common theme and thread through all three of those journeys were were the acts of humanity, the kindness and the natural beauty of the countries. You know, when I came back to the UK uh, after the final leg, which was Afghanistan, I was, listeners won't be surprised to hear that I was the only competitor, the British competitor in the marathon of Afghanistan. Uh, You know, people aren't queuing up to get in these races at the moment. Um, But when when I did an interview with the BBC, when I got back, Um, The first thing they said was, you know, you are crazy. This is a place that has experienced death and destruction. Um, You know, what was you thinking going to Afghanistan? And I I, I highlighted to them, I said, well, I I spent three weeks nearly there and I didn't see any death. I didn't see any uh, anybody trying to hurt me. Um, In fact, quite the opposite. Everyone was taking me under their wing. They wanted to feed me. They wanted to share their stories with me. They wanted to take me in their homes and look after me. But on the contrary, when I did arrive back in the BBC studios, I was reading the the newspaper this morning on the tube, and there'd been seven stabbings in London while I was away. There'd been two shootings in Manchester. Um, So, you know, I sort of turned it on its head and said to the presenter, I said, well, let's talk about them because they're happening on our doorstep, you know. And I didn't see any of those things in Afghanistan. Um, So I I think if you really want to see the truth of anywhere in the world, you have to go there. Uh, I I encourage children to keep an open mind, you know, about the world, because the media controls the minds of the masses and 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 they've always got an agenda
0: of some sort um (laughs) yeah i mean well as a a member of the media i I, I suppose (laughs) i suppose i I have to try and defend us as a group i mean i suppose the the real problem is is people's attention span is short sure and so so um you know when there are war-torn parts of the world they kind of you know of all the 200 ish countries in the world you might not you might not know anything about most of them so they know a little bit about this one and if there's been a war then yeah, that's yeah. all they know and then they're done but I think what you're doing in humanizing these countries is very important because I think otherwise people just kind of dismiss things in their mind because it's easier to not worry about all these things yeah absolutely. So they think well it's all messed up anyway nothing I can do about it anyway and out of but when you give a more complicated program actually, about view that actually you know there's, there are these beautiful countries with uh, you know loads of kind people welcoming you in, it's, it's conf- I guess it's confusing. But there's nothing wrong with you know thinking about things more carefully and showing the other side. So I I I like that side of the book. I think it comes across really strongly.
1: Yeah, I think you know we 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 only have to see. I you know. we, we, we we have to see what's happened in in the last seven days, you know, with with Caroline Flack, mm. the media's influence on 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 that situation hugely exasperated it. Um, you know, the, the stories that came out in 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 the last thirty days, uh, the, the, the the narratives, the way they've been spun and pitched, and quite often without people knowing the full facts. And I find similar, although very different context, with a lot of these countries. Like you say, people think, "Oh, Iraq, ah, there's there's a war. That's a bad place. That's got bad people." and and people will have opinions on things that they don't understand um, or or have uh, no 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 detailed knowledge of and i think this is one of the dangers of social media these days because social media plays a huge part in in most people's lives, um, and 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 it does a lot of good. But I also feel that it's it's a very dangerous tool because it gives everyone a voice. It gives it gives the people who have got um, very narrow minds, very uh, um, sort of strong agendas on certain issues. Um, it, it gives bad people a voice as well. People who who don't really care about people's thoughts and feelings, or or what the people of Iraq think, or what. You know, in this case, Caroline Flack's family thing, but they're still pushing out. I was on the train today, and I'm uh, and I'm reading people's. People are telling jokes. People are putting out memes about about a tragic set of circumstances, which is absolutely shocking, really. But this is this is the society we live in. You know, it's it's something is something has to stop. Uh, something that has got to give in this world right now because we're, not only for celebrities, uh, soldiers, we're seeing more soldiers' suicides in veterans now than we've ever seen before, you know, and these are people who have served our country, these are people, if anybody, we owe a favour to, these are people who protect our nation, um, and, you know, we, we have to be doing more, and, and, and a lot of that is coming from media and social media influence, these the, these things, and and that's not me having a pop at any one individual, but what what I would say is that not just the media or not just journalists or, or anybody because we're all humans and i think for anybody you know i i just challenge anybody before you before you post something before you even say something before you send an email before you print it before you tweet about it just to think you know what are the wider implications of that you know just just take a little condo moment and say you know How's that going to make that person feel you know is it is it is it going to make is it is it going to hurt them is it going to destroy them because i I, I think we we live in a world now where you know even the president of the United states I, I see his Twitter sometimes and I just think what is going on in this in this world that people can have that sort of uh, the influence and and voice and you know, I, I do a little bit of television work on the Channel 4 show Hunted I don't have a huge profile by any means but I think there needs to be more accountability for people who do have uh, increasing profiles because you know they are influencing the next generation and for me that's the real concern it, it, it's the concern that you know, we're 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 glorifying these TV programs. You know, like the the reality shows where we're catapulting into someone to to overnight success and fame, where they've got 10 million followers, and now a lot of their followers will be the 14, 15, 16 year olds. So the messages that they're pushing out to society, for me, have to be the right messages. There needs to be more accountability. There needs to be more responsibility taken. If you're in a position of influence, whether it's as a celebrity, a politician, uh, or somebody in the media. You know the messages that you push out have to be the right messages, and they have to be fact-checked as well. Um, I, I I really do feel really strongly about that because I I'm convinced that social media is having a real negative impact on 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 mental health of young people. I, I one of the other roles I do is I'm the the national ambassador for army cadets across the UK. So the amount of young people who I speak to who are are being bullied, they're being trolled, um, and they are going to bed every night crying into their pillow. Because of people's v- views and opinions that they've never met, just because somebody said something to them online,
0: it's. You know, when, you, it's... when you talk to kids like that, do 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 there any of them want to just cut off from it all? Because that doesn't—that's the one thing that doesn't seem to be an option. Is that you know you, you know you, there are different ways of managing it, different this and that, but not doing it doesn't seem to be an option yeah for yeah
1: you're absolutely right and uh, uh, and again i think it's something that that the education system also has to sort of start including in terms of the, the risks and the dangers and how to manage your social media because you know english math science and all those sort of key s- subjects are important but actually what is having more influence and impact in society is is the other sides to life the softer skills the the social media the impact because you know, I, I went in a school um just ten days ago now. I won't I won't say which school, but I, I asked the children in assembly, um, I said, you know, what 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 do you want to be when you're older? Let's have a show of hands. And and I randomly picked out a couple of the, 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 the kids if you like and one of them wanted to be an insta model. And I just said, you know, I just thought to myself, What what is going no disrespect to any insta models <laughs> out there, but I just right. thought what what is going on in our world if your aspiration as a thirteen year old is to stand up in front of 200 other people and say, my goal is to be an Insta model. And, you know, and I could see the teachers in the background like cringing, looking around in, in shame that this is the world. Another child told me they wanted to be famous and I, and I and I sort of probed it a bit further and said, what do you want to be famous for? You know, thinking they were going to tell me about being a geologist or a, mm. an incredible, you know, rocket scientist or whatever. They, they didn't care, they just wanted to be famous. It didn't matter what they were famous for. And I, and I, I thought about this when I went home that evening. And it occurred to me that if you if you are a teenager in in modern society, you have only ever known. If you're thirteen, fourteen, you've only ever known social media and the internet. You know, we we know life before that, so we know the the, the perks and, and and the other aspects to life. But you know, for people like my daughter, who's ten year old ten years old, and I try and keep her away from this. Um, but, but you know, that's all you've ever known. And not only that, you've only ever known your parent or or your your teachers sat in front of iPads, sat in front of of mobile phones, and. You know, it's 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 having a. I genuinely believe, and I, I debate with people a lot on this, but this is part of this, the mental health epidemic. Certainly in young people, is is the social media, the way we're made to that, that children and adults as well are made to feel. You know, I I I, I saw my, my my little cousin, who's fourteen year old girl. She was doing an Instagram post the other day, and I'm sat next to her while she's doing it, and I was watching the football on the TV. And she must have spent twenty five minutes getting the perfect lighting, the filters right. Before she did that post, you know, she, she spent a good half an hour and I asked her and she said, oh, no, no, you know, we, we've got to make sure the perfect Instagram post. And I was like, yeah, but that's not real. That's not authentic. And she says, no, 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 but it's it, it's OK. Don't worry. And I just thought 30 minutes to get you know, what we're teaching children. We're teaching them that they don't look good enough. You know, they, they have to go through a filtering process hmm. before they are happy with what they look like to the rest of the world. And this this just can't be good for me. You know, it's it's it's, it's, it's tragic, I think, in fact
0: yeah because in, in in one sense every generation they look at the kids and they and they don't understand what's happening and they worry you know you had it with rock and roll and you had it with 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 pretty much every every big change that older generation worries but when you do get the mental health crises as as you know as we are seeing you then you have you have to take yeah. notice and this thing i think it works for places and people this thing of writing people off. So a, a certain person does a thing, and that's, and they're and they're unspeakable in your eyes. So they they do something, and everyone can shit on them as much as they want. And that, I, this kind of this kind of tear somebody apart for the enjoyment of the crowd mentality. Yeah, yeah, is is a really it's a really ugly thing. And I think that's, you know, it's existed that horrible pack mentality has always existed, but it existed as actual packs, you know, of people in yeah. isolated instance, this idea that everyone, every schoolchild is uh, above a certain age, is opening themselves up to these horrors, as you say, and they've never known anything different. Um, I mean, you know, we, we put our phones outside this room before, which is a rare thing for yeah. people to do, put their phones out of reach. But at least, as you say, we can remember what it was like to not have one, whereas people who have always been plugged into it it's just this huge part of your life. And if and if this huge part of your life turns on you, you know, if you're going into your phone and it's and it's saying abusive stuff that's making you doubt yourself and making you not want to live your life anymore, God forbid, I mean, yeah, we have to, yeah, we have to I, take notice. I, I've, not...
1: had I've had it myself where I, I get anxiety. I, I don't use, so Twitter, I, I'm on Twitter, but very rarely will you see me. I don't even have the app on my phone anymore because people not you know certain individuals they they would say things like you know why why are you helping children in Africa when there's children in the UK and um oh, 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 one of the one of the quotes that I screen grabbed sort of last year was uh, a tweet that I often use in mental health presentations actually to children what somebody said to me uh, it was a tweet at me saying oh here we go another celebrity former soldier um, who's who's jumping on the mental health wagon because he has a new book to new book to sell, and I just thought, what a thing! But it made yeah. me go on for like weeks to. To think about, and, did, and I, it, did it affect? Oh, you, it massively, did? massively. I, I I lied in bed every night thinking, because really? even though it's just one person, and the person, you know, they didn't have a that, that was a parody, fake account of somebody. It wasn't, it, you know, somebody had set that up to, to target me. And if you looked at their their history, they were targeting others, you know, people from the SAS, who dares wins, other other soldiers who were in the sort of the media, if you like, for some for whatever reason. And I, but it made me, even though I knew it was a parody account of someone, someone having a pop. I, I just thought, does somebody really think that that I wrote a book to try and, you know, pitch, sell my, build my profile or something? They do not understand that, but it, but it, it played on my mind and. and I'm quite, although I'm an adventurer and I'm a former soldier, inside I'm very sensitive and even just one comment, um, you know, really, really affects me, um, or, you know, because cause I drill into it, what have I done to make somebody think that? And I spoke to, I had lunch a couple of days ago with Kay Burley from Sky News and, she, mm. you know, and, and she's a, a mainstream media journalist who gets a lot of, you know, whatever she says will be scrutinised every day and I, and I said to her, how do you deal with that because, you know, people see Kay Burley, and she's a very direct, hardline woman. Um, but you know, she, again, she, she 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 people have challenges. You go home, and you're reading these comments, and 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 and, and she's she she will get hundreds of these every day. I got I get one every couple of months, and I just think, you know, do people not realise that that those comments, throwaway comments on on social media, have that they're actually hurting someone's f- uh, thoughts and feelings. And I I, I I, don't know how, you know, I guess it's part of being, I, as I say, I'm quite a low, relatively low-key in the media, but some of these people, like Kay, hey, I have a huge amount of respect for because I couldn't take the trolling and the abuse, um, you know, like, like... And I'm not saying they do take it, and it isn't... I, I used to think, oh, it must be just water off a duck's back to them, but it's not. They go home and and, and, and it affects their,
0: them mentally as well. I, I just don't know how, how how people cope with it. I really don't. No, I think it's a horrible thing. I, I think you're right. There are, there are obviously people that have. Used to it and sort of toughened up to it, but I'm sure everybody on some level. Yeah, well, sometimes is it's really personable it. as well. It
1: could be yeah. about your family, it could be about the way you look. It, it, you know, it could it, it could be anything. It might not just be uh, a negative sort of comment on the story you're telling. It, it could be very personal to you,
0: um, which you know, th- there's just no need for that. I, I, you know, if you've got nothing nice to say, you know, be quiet. Well, I've had I've had means stuff so about my, my kids, and I don't even get them involved with any of that. Yeah, and, yeah. and that and that feeling you get when some faceless person. Yeah, like, like a rush of, off. You, of like anxiety, adrenaline. Like, who is this person? Yeah, and I think people don't think just thinking, throwing shit out there, and yeah. and you don't know to what extent. Okay, it could be just mildly piss someone off, but it could be yeah, so much worse. And,
1: and often they don't know the facts either. They, they're having again, they're having an opinion or a comment on something that they've just read between the lines and come to their own conclusion. You know, they don't know that the, the truth of the matter.
0: Um, Uh, again you know people
1: need to think before they they spurt these things out
0: well i've noticed from stuff i've written online that when when it's been newspaper articles that have been even mildly controversial is that people have the trolls have have alerts set up you can tell because you know you publish a piece and like quicker than they could even have read it you know it's obviously the topics yeah and they and they've written something based on the headline, you know, yeah. because they haven't, they never read. They're no. not no one's going to read your book. I mean, no. not even a, not going to read a book. They're not going to read a, even a, an online article. They'll just see the headline and go, well I already have an opinion on this." If yeah. someone's written something, even even mildly in support of it, he's unspeakable. Yep. He's awful. Absolutely. He's including his family, you know, and they can just shit on you to whatever extent yeah. they want. And yeah,
1: and, and 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 you know, I try to learn as well that. You know, it's the problem is with them actually. It's not with you. The problem is with these. They're the ones who have got the issue. But you know, their their the, the sad existence of a life where they sit, you know, probably in a bedroom um, uh, with, with with very little friends or, or whatever it might be. You know, it, it, and I try to more understand it now that, that the problem isn't me that I'm doing something wrong. It's the problem with these these sad individuals who have got nothing better
0: to do. You know, and yeah, and no, I think, but I think you're right. And in and getting angry with them. Isn't the isn't the thing? Because if we're just thinking how awful they are and how cross we are with them, yeah. then you see that's part of the that's same affecting,
1: that's affecting us as well, yeah. mentally, psychologically.
0: Because um, these may well be people with the, their own issues, or I think probably most of the time it's it's dumb kids. Yeah, yeah. Most of the time it's dumb kids who may well go on to be nice, good, productive members of society. But the I guess it's it's probably like vandalism in a way that you know um teenagers doing stupid stuff that
1: no but i think we have fully grown adults as well who 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 live these sort of double social media parody lives where you know where 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 i i find there's what we have in societies we have a um a victim mentality at the moment where if people see somebody perceived to be doing well or doing good they need to be taken down Mm. you know I, i see that a lot um I, I see a lot of people where the world thinks they owe, you know, they, they think the world owes them a favour for some mm-hmm. reason, and, and not just in society. I, I see this in the military community sometimes. I see veterans who, who will see other veterans who are getting on and doing whatever they can to do their bit, and they think, well, why am I not doing that? I served as well. And I, I've seen it in the military community um, where where people think that I've served my country. The world owes me a favour now, um, and and when I first left the army, um, you know, I, I sort of thought, well. I've served my country. I've done my tours. I wear my medals. Someone's going to give me a, a job. They should do. You know, I've done more than most here, but it's not the way the world works. You know, mm. you 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 get what you earn, and you you have to go back out and reintegrate and start again, and that might mean starting at the bottom and working your way up. You know, it's, it's life is difficult sometimes. Life is challenging, but um, I, I I do believe I'm not that I'm spiritual, but I believe in car. I believe in positive vibes and karma. And the more positivity you pump out, the more the better things happen. You know, I I think when when you're When you post anything online, you have two choices. You can either add to the positive energy levels in the world, or or you can try and disrupt them and be negative. Um, And you know, certainly for me, I I, I try and be as positive as possible. I I try and encourage. I try and you know, celebrate my friends' wins with them. Try and you know, promote them and help them. And you know, and yeah, I I, I, I just
0: yeah, it it baffles me some of the things that go on out there. But but you must also be aware that. You've been at times on your of your life on a knife edge. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The book starts with you being on a rooftop. Yeah, and you've turned this into this this positive theme, which I really like, which is I, it's something I agree with to you know wholeheartedly that pretty much everything you know can go either way. You can make a good out of something, or it can all go bad. Yeah, you know, and that every day, not just not just your whole life, but every little thing. I think there's a, you know, you can take the positive, do something kind, do something nice for you or for someone else. Or you can say something bad, you can do something negative, you can go and do something unhealthy. You know, I think life is all about those little choices between the good and the bad. Yeah, yeah. But you must have been aware that for you, it's nice that we're sitting here and you've done all these great things and written these books. But you must have been aware that it could have gone uh, no, and I'm,
1: I'm, I'm still can go very horribly wrong, you know, for, be, be under no illusion that I still take medication every day, you know, I very openly talk about it, I, I take sertraline, which is um, an, an antidepressant, I take quite a high dosage as well, um, I'm under no illusion that, that depending on what, how I wake up in the morning will and, and my attitude towards the day will, will massively affect Um, I I think there is a cycle and your attitude will affect your behavior and your behavior will affect other people's attitude and their behavior. And that's why being positive in as much as you can is so important because, you know, you, you, you see it day to day. You get home from work. You might have had a tough day at work. You walk into the house, the missus and the kids are there. If you come in being negative, well, actually, probably the, the evening's going to be a negative evening now because you it, it's a domino and trigger effect that sets everyone else off. So, you know, I, I encourage people, if you have had a bad day at work, just think about the impact before you walk through that front door when you get home that that's going to have on everyone else before you, before you become the sort of mood hoover of the house and, and take everyone else down with you. And I think for me, it's about being consciously aware of that. And something we have to do more often is be in the present moment, I know people call it mindfulness these days, which is really important because I, I realize that anxiety often for me is is worry about the future it 's about what 's coming or something i 'm not looking forward to, whereas depression for me is often about looking to the past and why didn 't I get that right you know or oh, me and the ex partner like we, we could have been a great family unit, or why did I make that decision, or why did I, I hurt that person so so for me i 'm You know, I have to understand that I can't do anything about the past except for take the lessons into my future. There's nothing I can do to change what has happened. If I've done something wrong, if I've been bad or naughty or done something I'm not proud of, I, I can't go back and change that. But I can make sure I never do it again. And the same with the future. You know, as we know from, you know, events, tragic events that have happened this weekend about what goes on in the military, the future is never guaranteed there's no guarantee that we'll still be alive next week for whatever reasons so we can't think too far into the future as well let's worry about the here and now let's enjoy the moment You know, let's let's be present and mindful of that um, and I think it's something we, we we all need to do a lot more and when we're present let's not be sat looking at screens let's be talking and, and having that human
0: interaction that, that we seem to have lost it's, it's re- really important I think I wonder why mindfulness gets a hard time I had a mindfulness teacher on the podcast it was amazing for me and I, I, it not all of it was new to me because I um well, I do a lot of yoga now and that's that's quite how that that philosophy works yeah, yeah. but but this idea just the simple idea it you shouldn't you shouldn't it shouldn't be a novel idea that you actually just think about why you do things you know like for me that's probably the most simple explanation of mindfulness and it sounds too too simple to mean anything but you just what what do you mean you think about why you do this? So even just eating you think why am i eating this i think most of us don't think no we just about do it things. we just yeah. we just do it and then if you're doing then if you're into unhealthy habits like you say about whether when you get home if you decide to go through all the shit stuff that's happened to you that day because you feel you need to share it or the person you live with or the person you're seeing they they can somehow help you with you know getting it off your chest maybe you do have good reasons for talking about all the rubbish stuff that's happened yeah. that day. Maybe that's part of the of Well, the maybe purpose. do that 30 minutes into,
1: you know, don't make that the first thing that you're going to talk about. You know, if I if if I go home and I'm, you know, not that I have, I have a missus or anything, but if I went home to the missus and children, I think that first five, ten minutes is critical to, to, to everyone's well-being. You know, give them a cuddle and a kiss before you start venting your day and everything that's gone wrong. But I, But I used to do it a lot. I used to come home and I was like, oh you know what's has on today i didn't didn't need that i didn't need this and why is this not been done why is why, why why is why is the house a mess and you are sort of on this because that's what you do it's not because you've thought you know if you stop and think about what you're about to do i think you would be very conscious and you probably wouldn't do it but because it's just normal and that's what you do and you get on and we become quite complacent in life um but i, I i'm I, i'm not a, a big advocate of mindfulness but i'm becoming more aware of it and the importance of it um you know, it's it's certainly something from a mental, health, but a mental health perspective that is really important and can help you a lot if you understand why you are doing things, and not only why you're doing them, but what is the impact of you doing them. Mm. Yeah,
0: and if and if you're doing something that might be might be there's a possible negative side to it. Well, you have to think. Well, is it? Do I still want to do it? Is you it know? necessary? Yeah. You yeah? know, if it's if it, I mean, come back to eating. But I think eating is quite a nice, simple one. That you know, why do you eat each thing you eat? people are because oh, I'm hungry okay well but you know you, you, you just go for the first thing you see you wouldn't eat something that was going to kill you yeah but if you're eating something that is going to kill you if you keep doing it yeah, yeah every day then I guess you, you need to think I think my my take on it is that anyone who's kind of happy and peaceful will be doing some sort of mindfulness whether they call it that yeah or not because it just means being aware of what yeah, yeah. exactly, being yeah, being aware of what you're doing. I think
1: reflection, reflect. A, a big thing for me is reflection. You know, is is looking back at the end of the day. You know, one of the things I do it sounds a bit weird and wonderful, but when I lie in bed before I go to sleep, the last thing that I will do every night is I will try and think of three things that I'm I'm happy and proud of what I did today, and three things where I, where I could have improved or done better, or maybe I didn't help someone as much as I could. And I, I it's just like this sort of reflective mentality. Um, and then I'll try and apply those lessons uh, for the. next next day but I I think most humans especially people who work in high pressure jobs or or whatever it might be we are so tunnel vision into what we've got to do next whether it's tomorrow whether it's a project whether it's work whether it's sport we're we're just like 100 mile an hour and 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 social media sort of feeds that as well that we're always got to be you know chasing whatever it is and we, we fail to stop and just look over our shoulder and say but yeah we've come a long way here actually you know Thinking of where I was six months ago, or where I was a year ago, look what we've done in that time. So I, I always encourage people to, uh, especially ch- young people, to, to celebrate the little wins in, in your day. You know, if you have passed your exam or your test result, your, your mock test in the morning, you know, a couple of minutes. If you have had a great day at work have a beer on the way home, see your friends you know, just celebrate those small glories because before you know it they're long gone and, and, and again it, it comes back to I guess being mindful and, and, and being in the present because we're just a hundred mile an hour with tunnel vision most people I see and you know, I, I, I often try and say well yeah but what a great thing you did there and that's amazing that you did that and they're like yeah but I've got to do this later, just, just stop for two minutes, enjoy that moment because it'll be gone and it'll be
0: in the past before you know it Yeah, so this book this book is advent. This book, Running for My Life, is adventures up to kind of middle of last year. Is that right? So you, so you, you ran full marathon. What was it in Afghanistan? You did a f- yes, yeah, so it was full marathon. Full
1: marathon. So it started in Somali Somalia and Somaliland. So we did a 10k, half marathon, full marathon, Somalia, Iraq, Afghanistan. Um, which, which was a charity fundraising project Called Running Dangerously yeah. um, Which then triggered 2019's project This was in 2018 So 2019's project Because um, my main objective is to build a school on the Horn of Africa We are 50% built at the moment Okay um, it's, it's, So we have, a, we have a small charity called Frontline Children Myself and a few trustees run And my main objective is to build a school For refugees who've been displaced By the conflicts in Yemen and Somalia And um, so we, I'm still about 170,000 short. You know, we've done an incredible job of fundraising so far. The charity is only volunteers. We have no salaried staff. So every, you know, 100% of the pound goes to to the project and. I needed to raise more money, so I, I needed to come up with another weird and wonderful wacky idea, so we came up with rowing dangerously, which was the will first row, of course <laughs>
0: rowing dangerously um,
1: so we, we I did a will first row across the uh, most dangerous strait of water in the world, so the gateway to the Gulf of Aden between the Horn of Africa and Yemen. Um, I trained for a year with my fellow uh, Bremont ambassador Alex Gregory, a double Olympic gold rowing champion
0: um i I never rowed in my life. Bremont's the watch brand, which we should yeah mention. sorry yeah. The luxury watch brand. Yep. British luxury watch brand, one I know well from my from my other work. And um they've supported I mean they Bremont one of the things I love about them is they they support whole kind of range of yeah they do crazy lots of charity adventure and people
1: yeah one of their sort of main sort of themes is, is 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 adventure and their strap line is tested beyond endurance so it's always about going that little bit further in, in you know in, in in tough times whether it's adversity whether it's an extreme challenge um, and and also they don't really don't really buy into the celebrity culture which is amazing because they 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 deal with real people doing real things which i really love and a lot of their their the the sort of the fellow ambassadors i work with you know they're really inspiring to me you know the people who i look at and say that's amazing and what you're doing and you know i want to get involved how can i help you and yeah they have an incredible network of, of different ambassadors around the world and we all just try and support each other in any way we can and you know, it, most of the adventures that go on out there are with a, a, an impact, you know, so they do help change people's lives, whether it's a good cause or from building a school or, or cancer or homelessness or mental health. You know, Bremont, uh, uh, for me, have a special place in my heart because they do so much good in the world and they encourage others to, to, to sort of take that same ethos.
0: Yeah, it's a great, it's a great, it's a great ethos because they're not looking for celebrities so much. No, it's no, like yeah, they're, they're more about real people or... doing
1: real things with a, making a difference, which is, is
0: is what we're all about, really. Because you said at the end of, of Running for My Life that you had, had embarking on this rowing um adventure's the wrong word um, mission <laughs> rowing, <laughs> rowing mission, but you 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 hadn't rowed
1: before. No, never rowed a, a boat in my life, and. When Alex Gregory took me down to Henley on Thames to the rowing club, you know, I, I remember very clearly getting in the rowing boat the wrong way round, and he was like, <laughs> "You really haven't rowed, have you?" Um, I was like, "No, I'm, I'm, I'm fresh out of the system." You know, I've been on a pedalo in Blackpool when I was a kid, but I've never been on a on a boat of any sort, really, um, a, a rowing boat certainly. And yeah, so 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 part of that as well was to inspire, you know, young people. So in my again in my role as an army cadet, the ambassador for the UK, I wanted to show people that. You can achieve anything you want if you but you've got to be willing to to commit to the task you've got to be willing to make the sacrifices you've got to be open minded enough to let someone teach you the way and yeah, so to go from never rowing to then doing a, a a will first was 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 amazing really and um yeah and but but again it it was helping me just as much you know although the adventure wasn't about me, it was about making a difference to children's lives from a mental health perspective. I need an expedition to be working towards all the time because it gives me that purpose, it gives me that focus and without that I go, you know, after the rowing I went downhill quite quickly uh, until I thought up my next expedition and said, this is what we're doing because then I had the, that that was consumed my mind then Um, but, you know, I I had such a low after the rowing that I thought, is this it? You know, all the media, all the hype, all the interviews the the world first, the the expedition planning, the logistics meeting the incredible uh, people along the way uh, the children in Africa and then it was like, okay, you've done it now the come down and I see why athletes and adventurers have this sort of post expedition blues because it's it's, it's really tough to, to know what an amazing thing y- y- you've been part of to then go oh that's finished now
0: and how bad are your lows though oh
1: really low like I don't want to get out of bed for like days and you know I don't want and the phone the, I'll, I'll look at the phone and even even family members I, I don't even want to speak to them I just you know really really low Um I I, I sort of feel that nothing's good enough. Uh, I I have a real chip on my shoulder that the world's against me, or what do they want? What they after? Everyone's got everyone who who interacts with me. I always think they've got an agenda. What what do they want me to help them with? What they after? I I have a real negative sort of mindset towards the world. Not not only, uh, not so much um, post-expedition, but even more so when I've missed my medication. Um, it's something. So I recently did an expedition in in, in January to the Yukon uh, in Alaska, in sort of North America way, and I'd forgot my tablets to go. And I was sharing a room with another former military person who's a good friend of mine who also has some mental health challenges. And after about two days, so I, I knew that I'd forgot my medication, and I thought, "Oh, I'll just get through this this sort of week; it'll be all right." After about two days, that the, the person, my friend, uh, she said to me, "She went, are you okay, Jordan? Because." You seem to be really negative at the moment, and I can see a distinct change in your behaviour. I, have I done something wrong, she said. Have I upset you in some way? She, you're just really quiet, and you're keeping yourself to yourself. You didn't even speak to me at breakfast, and you were just on your phone all the time. And I I said, you know, the, the truth is that I forgot my medication. And she was then, she understood, because I think she only understood because she'd been through a similar sort of cycle in, the, in her past. Um, but I, I was like a different person, and I could see it in myself, and uh, just wanted to be left alone. And after about two more days, um, I, I got worse and deteriorated even more, and it got to the point where I had to book myself in with a private doctor in Canada, and I had to pay a lot of money. It cost me like a you know £1,200 to get an appointment and then to buy the medication, um, so I had to sort of be re-diagnosed over there and explain, this is I forgot my medication, but I had to go in and, and, and uh, get some sertraline uh, in Canada, and I thought for four days that I'd be all right, but on the fourth day, I was like, I've got to go and do something about this and within 24 hours I was back in the game and I was my normal sort of jolly self um, and I'm not an advocate of, of, of the pharmaceutical industry I'm very skeptical about it because it relies on, on people having problems um, and you know and it's a business ultimately um, but for me if you need medication there's no shame in that you know you, it, for me I as it was described to me I have a chemical imbalance in my brain um, which causes the stress the anxiety the, the, the severe sort of depression and um, and that is the one of the ways i manage it I, I i stand by that the best way to manage my mental health is by running and exercise the great outdoors you know that is that's the number one sort of drug for me is to get outside and be with nature um but if you need medication well well, so be it you know there's no shame in that you know and that's why i, I guess i speak quite openly to anyone about it because it, it, it is what it is you know it, it helps me a lot um am i addicted to it no not at all because I was on 200 milligrams Um, last year. I was on 100 milligrams. Now I'm on 50 milligrams. Hopefully by the end of the year I'll be um, I'll be on 25 uh, milligrams. So I'm trying to come down slowly because there is a real danger when you just stop. Because what happened to me last week, two weeks ago, is what happens. You know, you go into a a real depressive state. Or I certainly did with my body. Um, So you know, as I say, there's no shame in it. You know, you do what you've got to do. If
0: that helps you manage your mental health in some way, well, 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 so be it. What's interesting is hearing someone who's positive—not is, is not necessarily the right word—but you're you're positive to a point about the med- medication, but you're realising that it's not the only thing, and you need yeah. these other elements. So, because you, at one stage, you you let yourself go quite badly by the sounds of it. So yeah, you, yeah, you've been injured and weren't training and things. Because I think you said you that you you were a sportsman, but you're not. We weren't particularly into. Fitness no still today I'm not somebody who much to a lot of
1: people's surprise yeah, you know, I love sport, so for me I, I love the competitive edge of sport, you know playing to win i going to the gym is, is although I go to the gym you know not 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 all the time by any means, but um it's not something that I jump out of bed and love to do you know I have to be really dragged myself to a gym to stand there and and do weights and you know do circuits or whatever it might be it's not something that I get a lot of enjoyment from. But I do get a lot of enjoyment from, you know, going climbing in the mountains or, you know, doing things in the great outdoors, going for a run. I I, I always say the sort of the three best things for, for, for my mental health, all well, the three things that I use is one is exercise, probably the most important for me um, in the outdoors, normally running. Um, But it doesn't have to be. It could be walking. It could be, you know, as long as you're putting one foot in front of the other, it doesn't matter how fast you're going. I, I never worry when I do these marathons and things. I'm never concerned by time. For me, uh, people, people will say, "What time are you going for?" I say, "The time of my life. I don't care what time I get. um It's about getting to the finish line. You know, I, I'm never going to break a break a break a running record. I'm never going to be an Olympic champion. um And I, I and, and I'm not there to do that. I'm there. I run, and I often run on my own because it gives me that clarity of thought, that that mental well-being. The second thing is talking to people, be a, be an open book if you can. You know, talk to people. Don't be ashamed of who you are. Um, we all make mistakes. I've made more. I've made lots of mistakes, more mistakes than most probably. But, and I will never be somebody who says um, I have no regrets in life. I've got tons of regrets, and if I could do things differently, I would have gone back and do them differently. But I'm not dwelling on them. You know, I'm I'm learning from them and I'm moving forward. Um, we all make mistakes. Uh, own your mistakes. Acknowledge that you have made a mistake and do something about it. Don't hide it. Don't disguise it. Don't lie about it. Hold your hand up and say, Do you know what? I, I, I've cocked up here. But fix it if you can. And if you can't fix it, take the lessons. But, but you've got to keep moving forward. You know, that's life.
0: We're talking about giving people a hard time. And there's one point that you ask yourself a question. You'd say that you're you're not sure whether you're doing this for them or for you. You know, you, cause yeah, you're talking yeah. about helping the kids and helping the poor people in these, terrib- these terribly problematic parts of the world. But you're saying you're not sure whether you're doing it to self-soothe, I think you put it. Or to help these. Well, I do it, kids. it for both. Uh, for, for for me, adventure
1: is important because adventure and exercise is what gives me the sanity in my head. But f- for example, if I was if I wasn't doing what I do for the children, you know, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be fulfilled in any way. Uh, one thing I've learned in life is there's a big difference between success and fulfillment. You know, success for me is is very external. It's what other people think. It's it's social media followers and likes retweets it's it's promotions it's pay it's career prospects fulfillment is is love it's internal it's your family it's 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 your close friends it's about what your purpose is in life and i think you find many people who are extremely successful but it doesn't mean that they're happy it doesn't mean that they're fulfilled um and 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 you know we 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 see well uh, again not to, to 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 sort of dwell on the point of, of of Caroline Flack, but that's somebody who is at the top of her game or or is perceived to be at the top of her game um, as, as a TV presenter in the mainstream media, but yet look at what was going on internally behind the scenes that that nobody wanted to to acknowledge or talk about so you can be super successful you can be you know grade a in in terms of where you are in life perceptionally from the outside world but that doesn't mean anything about what's going on internally and I think you know it, it, not that there's going to be anything good to come of of, of what's happened to Caroline but it should certainly be a wake-up call for for the world you know and i think that's the best we can hope
0: for from that situation yeah just to assume that other people may be suffering that you know are you, are you going to add to the suffering or are you gonna yeah are you going to add to it are you going to help and yeah. and support yeah i think one of the things that you also said in your book was how which is possibly a freeing thing you said that um your daughter no matter what you achieve in life your daughter will always be your greatest achievement. yeah
1: absolutely i think that's yeah i think yeah you know i've 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 been very fortunate to meet some um incredible people who have supported me whether that be sponsors donors or or just great friends who have who have helped me get to where i am today um but the greatest success achievement is my is, is to be and the greatest honor and is to be a dad i think um and I try and be the best role model I can be, the best role model I can be. I, I don't always get it right, you know. Sometimes I beat myself up because I'm not, I'm not around often. You know, I go away for ten days. I don't see my daughter sometimes because I'm in a, a very remote part of the world. But I, I like to think that she knows that I'm trying to inspire others, uh, inspire others, or help children. And she, and and she's come to really understand that and get that. And I think it's it's about finding your your why in the world and what what you do, you know, why why you do what you do. And uh, I try and take my daughter not. On the adventure, but but on the adventure, sort of theoretically, and share the lessons learned, share the insights, show her the pictures of the children, show her what 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 life is like for other people at the other side of the world, and, and I do that a lot in schools, and you see the cogs turning, and, and you know even if I just help one child in a school assembly that 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 actually starts to have a different perspective and thinks, wow, that's that's what goes on for children my age at the other side of the world. God, I'm actually quite lucky, aren't I, to to have all these incredible teachers who are dedicated to developing and helping me grow and mature. Because a lot of children don't have that, you know. Here in England, in the West, we are very privileged compared to what a lot of people have um, in the world. And uh, for me, it's quite important to get our children to understand that from an early age. Because I didn't understand that at school; I, I just took it for granted. Education was, yeah, you know, it was, it was, it was an inconvenience. It was something I had to do. But actually, it's an incredible opportunity that children have in this country, um, and a lot of them have it for free as well. Um, you know, and they need to understand that. And if they get to see what life is like. In Iraq, in Afghanistan, for a child who probably will never go to school in, in many circumstances, or will never have the opportunities, or the safety, or the security, or the three meals a day, or the nice clean water for a bath every night, or whatever it is, you know, it, it's about giving children perspective and showing them what what life is like. Because often the children that I meet at the other side of the world are the happiest children I meet, but they don't have anything on the face of it to live for from what we would perceive in the West. Yet our children are moaning because. The Wi-Fi is not fast enough, or you know the the, the battery on the iPad's not not charged, or whatever. It, you know these first world problems. So yeah. you know we 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 have to give children perspective, and the way we do that, and uh, I think adventure, the spirit of adventure, can be used for such a force of good, and in an era now where people don't really go camping they don't climb trees they don't play in the great outdoors as much you know do the things that we would have done when we were kids i'm really trying to encourage people to you know to 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 look up from the screen and start doing the things that that really help you a lot in in terms of mental health
0: okay fantastic jordan we're out of time so running for my life by jordan wiley it's available in all good bookshops your charity what's the name it's frontline children frontline children yeah you can find us at
1: frontlinechildren.org um Frontline children.org. and our, our our main project is to build the school
0: on the horn of africa which we are 50% complete well jordan miley thank you so much it's amazing to talk to you thank, thank you, you. thank you for having me thank cheers. you cheers thank you